0: Hey church, as, as Jason had mentioned, we're going to be continuing in our sermon series on the Gospel of John. And so um, you can take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 4. We're going to be starting in verse 27 today. Now last week, Nick had done a fantastic job of starting off the first half of John 4. And um, he had introduced us to the woman at the well. And Jesus' conversation with her and how through Jesus intentionally uh, talking with this woman and being really specific with the things that he said to her and the things that he brought up we got to see that Jesus dealt with her sin and her shame and um, not only her personal shame but the shame that she felt from her community and those around her for her past sins and her um, and her current lifestyle and how uh, Jesus was able to take that and and remove that sin and that shame and transform her heart and we're gonna see how going through the rest of John 4 today how how that conversation was so impactful and transformative and how it inevitably inevitably will bear uh, quite a bit of fruit and so we're gonna pick up in John 4 verse 27 just then his disciples came back they marveled that he was talking with a woman but no one said what do you seek or why are you talking with her so the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? So they went out of town and were coming to him. And So the disciples come upon this situation after going into town and they're confused about what they're finding because when they had left Jesus, it was noon, he was alone, and it was hot. But now they come back and it's it's like, why is this woman here but they didn't really want to question him about that but they were marveling at it and they were confused by it while they were confused the woman leaves her water jar and she goes back into town to talk to the people of the town not significant for us that she leaves her water jar because it was the the sole reason that she came out to the well in the first place she had to draw water but she didn't want to go out and do it at a time when it was cooler in the morning or in the evening with the other women of the town. And it was because of her sin and her shame that she felt the shame that she felt from others and the same shame that she felt personally that she felt as if she couldn't go and draw water when it was cooler. So she was going to be very calculated and she was going to be very careful with when she goes to draw water. So she goes at noon when it's the hottest part of the day, when no one else should be there. But instead she has this encounter with Christ. And this encounter with Christ is so transforming and it's so impactful on her that she leaves her water jar there to go back into town. She leaves the express purpose that she came out for. And just a a little, a little note that in verse 29 when she's going house to house and she's saying, come see this man who told me all that I ever did, Can this be the Christ? In English, we tend to see this uh, phrased as a question. Can this be the Christ? But really, this is her testimony, and so it's so much more than just a question. It's a declaration. Who else could this be but the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior? And so her testimony was so impactful that the people of the town come out to see him. While all of this is going on, In verse 31, the disciples are talking to Jesus. So in verse 31, it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And so Jesus is saying to the disciples here, this is much more than just about food. They were concerned because it was a long journey, because it was hot, and they had left him at noon to go get food. They were confused by what he was saying. Jesus is saying, it's not about food. It's not about physical food to nourish me, but it's about what drives me and what sustains me and what fills me. And Jesus was saying, the thing that does those things is to do the will of the Father the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. So then we have a question we need to ask from that is, what is the will of the Father? And Jesus does a fantastic job displaying what that is throughout the whole of the Gospel of John where He displays His glory and He reveals Himself to others as the Christ, as the Messiah. And that is, Jesus is saying, is the will of the Father. It's to display and reveal himself as the Messiah. But we tend to have these misconceptions about what the will of God is for us. We might tend to think that we have to figure out what the will of God is for our lives in terms of things like going to college or getting married, what kind of career we need to pursue. But really, Jesus is saying here that there's something that's much more bigger for us that's God's will for us, and it's, it's really to make him known, make him be, to revealed at, be revealed as the Christ, as the Messiah, as the Savior of the world. And so Jesus continues on teaching the disciples in verse 35. And he says, Do you not say, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Christ is saying the will of the Father is to make him Known to reveal him to others as the Messiah and the Christ, and we're to do that in our communities in this harvest that Jesus has placed us into our communities, our work, our homes, where we have these opportunities to sow the gospel and to gather fruit into Christ's kingdom. So we might be sowing the gospel. Uh, with one person earlier in the day and we might have the opportunity and the blessing to see someone being gathered into the kingdom later on and we don't have to feel like this is some sort of a competition because Jesus says here that the one who reaps and the one who sows they get to rejoice together in that work you might spend years praying for the soul and the salvation of someone you love and care for deeply faithfully sharing the gospel with them day in and day out for years and you might not have that opportunity to see them gathered into the kingdom but someone else might have that blessing and that honor of being able to to see them gathered in to see them become a believer to see them see Christ as who he really is and to come to faith and so we'll see um In verse 39 that when the woman goes out we get to see some of this harvest some of this harvesting actually get to take place so in verse 39 it says many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony he told me all that I ever did so when the Samaritans came to him they asked him to stay with them and he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his word They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Now, it says that many of the Samaritans believed because of her testimony. This shows that our testimonies can be powerful and impactful in inviting others to come and see who Christ is. But it says that many more people believed because they had that personal personal experience with Christ. And then they end up saying to him, well, it's not because of what you have said. It's no longer just because of your testimony, but we ourselves have had a personal experience with this man. And he has transformed our hearts just as he's transformed yours. And then it says that they know. They don't just believe. They don't just think. They have certainty that Christ is indeed the Savior of the world. And this woman, as she leaves her water jar and she goes back into town, she goes with this intentionality. She goes with this certainty. She goes with this excitement and joy to invite others into seeing who Christ is, into experiencing Him. And sometimes it can be hard for us to do that. What? What do you think it would look like for our church or our communities if we all responded to Jesus the exact same way that she did, with that same level of excitement, that same level of certainty? What, what do you think is holding you back from doing that? The woman came out to the well with her water jar, and, and she leaves it there. What do you think your water jar might be? What is the thing that you have an express purpose for doing that you need to put down so that you can be faithful to what God is calling you to? What what is it that's holding you back from sharing the love of Christ with others around you? It could be a number of different things. It could be your job and the hectic work schedule that you've given to yourself. It could be your kids, it could be your kids' sports schedules. But it could be other things, like fear. Fear of being rejected. Fear of what other people are going to say about you. It could be anxiety. What is it that is holding you back from being faithful to what God is calling us to? To being faithful to enter into the harvest, to sow and to gather? We have a testimony of someone who has experienced putting down their water jar. Um, last year in our local mission outreach, we had one of our church members um, go through that, and it was very challenging for her, but um, she found that if she was able to put her water jar down, that she was able to be faithful, and she saw that, that God was strengthening her and, and encouraging her in that. And so now, I'd like us to take a moment and, and watch, uh, watch this testimony video.
1: See, I got to experience being with Nick and with Ken when we went to the laundromat. And um, our goal was to just spread the love of God and to let people know that Jesus loves you by paying for their laundry. And uh, Nick and Ken, they let me hang out with them just, just to kind of guide me and show me how it's done. And um, so many people smiled, and not one person said no. And they all accepted, you know, us paying and to say Jesus loves you. And um, Nick and uh, Ken could take it a step further, and they showed me that they could actually ask them to pray, or if there's something that they could pray for. And, um, and we had several people say yes, um, you know, my family's having problems, and so we would all just pray for them right then and there, and I thought that was something super special too. Well, Ken and Nick, and um, they were busy with um, several, you know, uh, laundromat customers, you know, um, helping them through their rough times, and, um, and I kind of found myself you know, just watching and learning from them. And I would see somebody new walk in and I don't know what it was, but it was just like, I'm going to go over there to them. I want to say, Jesus loves you, you know? And it was just, just as simple as that. You know, I wasn't expecting anything more from myself, you know? So I go over there and I go, hi, we would like to pay for your wash and just to let you know that Jesus loves you. And they're just they just look up at you and they smile, and I pay for their wash, and I go to the next person, and um, it got—it became pretty comfortable, you know. It got easier and easier, and we would talk sometimes, you know, um, just how your day is going and stuff like that. But well, I know that, you know, like I said, I do have anxiety and um, speaking to people, and. For me, my water jar was to leave that there with Jesus and go spread the love of God. Well, I didn't give up on my stepping outside my comfort zone, and I do challenge myself. um, Probably not daily, (laughs) because it is exhausting, but I do challenge myself to continue to be obedient to God. It's not about me, and to continue to step outside my comfort zone. Um, You know, we have started inviting church groups to our house. um, even going out on, um, I walk my dog Kaya every morning, so walking her, I've come up and met several people talking about Jesus, and uh, made some really good friends too that way. So I have not stopped, I haven't given up, I'm still doing it. <laughs> well, I would definitely challenge everyone who has anxiety, problems, and just just to have faith in God, and to continue to step outside your comfort zone and to continue to be obedient to God because it is so rewarding and you will be so grateful and happy at the end of the day.